What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I'm happy to reveal that I'm the Tooth Fairy. We are here with episode 110. And we are here with our good boys over at Good Game, Great Game. But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. So yeah, I finally revealed my secret identity. I'm the Tooth Fairy. All along. I'm actually 290 years old. That's how long tooth. I I don't know how long tooth. I was gonna fairy. say, did you look up <laughs> no. how long the tooth fairy has been around? Well, because I am the tooth fairy, uh, I would know. So, oh, got you. Would you get off my back? Are you the molinator? I am the molinator. <laughs> Santa Claus reference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a uh, good, good, uh, good game, great game. But um, minus Kevin though, Kevin's not Aww. coming on. Uh, we're gonna be talking about does uh, gaming bring joy? But yeah. yeah. So Liz, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah? Yeah. Our anniversary was yesterday. Yeah. At the time of this recording, it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So and that was nice. Yeah. Not much to do around, though, because everything's closed down. Yeah. Everything clo- has limited hours. and Not so. complaining. I'm just, uh, th- oh, just stating no, it facts. Just, we, we didn't do as much as we normally would. Yeah. But it was still very nice. It was a very nice evening. Yeah. And today was Friday. So, I mean. Yeah. Exactly. But, I got uh, out of work early because it's dead on Fridays. Way to really bring out the curtain, telling them when we record. Honey, they know when we record. We tell them all the time. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's here. It's it's what's, it, it's what's not what's the biz. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I knew I would get the two confused. But, <laughs> One day. Uh, yeah, so welcome to Games and Groceries, everybody. Uh, yeah, we got some few segments for you. And uh, if you want more Games and Groceries or more adam and liz yeah you can head over to what's the biz it's our other podcast we just talk about really anything by the way uh if you're on there i, I had an instagram for it and now i'm just like it's one of those podcasts that i don't really want to you know there's not much to instagram about but also yeah there's less to do like i would think like it's date night you know here's mm-hmm. a photo but eh, it's just one of those podcasts that just i don't really want to uh, uh advertise advertise thank you it's just one of those like yeah Come like over, if you have find some it fun. great, enjoy. Yeah, but we're not gonna put it out there and be like everybody must watch <laughs> or listen, whatever or listen. it is. Yeah. So, uh, what's the biz? I'll have a link down below if you want to listen to it. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But before we get started, let's just talk about social media for a bit. Uh, we're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, but you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer, and I'm at Journey First. You can also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. We can see behind the scenes photos, some cool stories, as well as some questions that I will ask you about the discussion that we have in place. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll ask a question every Thursday or Friday on Twitter or Instagram, and I want you to be in on the conversation. So that's cool. Also, find us on Facebook. Yummy. Uh, we can, <laughs> we're on Facebook. And uh, yeah, that's social media for you. We have a website, gamesgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website, as well as you can find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the website, as well as some articles I've written in the past. I did it, everybody. <laughs> uh, and if you haven't yet, if you're watching us on YouTube, by the way, hello. How you doing? You doing good? Great. Uh, good game, great game. Uh, you can subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out, as well as our uh, weekly videos. Uh, so I do sketch videos every now and again, mm-hmm. but now I've been you know throwing in some discussion videos. So yeah. if you're interested in that, definitely subscribe and hit that notification bell. The past sketch that we did, I'll uh, link it up right there. Uh, it's how to train like an elite gamer. It's uh, I'm I'm proud of it. I it's like nice. it. Yeah, I like it. 
And uh, if you haven't yet, uh, definitely leave us a review on Podchaser or on iTunes if you're listening to us on audio so that we know, hey, cool, people like us. It's reviewing or you don't like us. I don't know what you like. So uh, definitely give us a review over on Podchaser. Mm-hmm. Link down below. And with all that said and done, let's just get started, Liz. Let's just okay. go into it with our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and we like to give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. And we have a five-point system in recommending movies. It goes from uh, avoided at all cost, eh, pass, enjoyable, solid, and perfect for us. But... Uh, This week's movie can be found on Hulu. It's actually a Hulu exclusive. It came out uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, sort of, kind of. But uh, yeah, Hulu exclusive called Palm Springs. It's Palm Springs starring uh, Andy Samberg. I almost called him Adam Samberg. Uh, Andy Samberg and... um, Christina Milioti. Thank you. But yeah, so opening thoughts. What do you think? I wasn't sure what to expect from this movie. Because I didn't know anything about it. You're just like, want to watch Palm Springs? And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't even ask you what it was about. I was like, I'm just going to go in not knowing. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, the, I felt like in the beginning, I thought like what happens, it happens at the same time. Right. But it didn't. And I was like, oh, that's, I wasn't expecting that. So, but it was, it was good. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. A little tiny parts on the raunchier side yeah Mm -hmm. just very few um so that wasn't too bad um and i I thought it was funny i liked it i like christina milioti i was really surprised i enjoyed it as much as i did because i don't really like the actor i that's why i didn't tell you who else was in it uh, I told you about Christina. Uh, what's her name? I'm sorry. Christina Milioti. It's not even that hard of a name. Nope. It's just like, it's not even, I'm bad at tongue twisters altogether. Honestly, the only reason I remember her name is because it was on the back wall at the theater I worked at. Mm. Because she acted at the theater I worked at in 2015, 2016. So that was like a big thing there that mm-hmm. she used to act in that theater. So that's the only reason I know her name. <laughs> So my first note is that this is kind of a modernized plot to Groundhog Day. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those same old beats of same Groundhog Day, same day is going over and yeah. over again. Uh, but this time, a little bit more raunchier sexual jokes as it's well. It's a new twist on it. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, and it also has Sandberg-like comedy in it. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a modernized Groundhog Day. It's got mm-hmm. modernized humor. Whether or not that hit for me, it's still I have to applaud it for trying to get Groundhog Day in modern day. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Groundhog Day was more 80s, 90s comedy. Yeah. This is more uh, Andy Samberg comedy. Yeah. I mean, I had only seen Groundhog Day once. So yeah. I didn't really compare it to that. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. good. I mean, it w- just wasn't something that like I wasn't seeing Groundhog Day in it just because. Yeah, I I only saw it once, and you know me, I need to see it at least four times to actually remember it. My goodness. So, <laughs> uh, so now I w- kind of want to get into Andy Samberg's character. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I'm not sure if I liked Andy Samberg as more of a skeptic, um, like oh everything is meaningless kind of person, but I will applaud Andy in saying that. You know, he is playing a different kind of character. Yes. Usually he's just a goof or a screw up or just like all around just a, a nutcase. But this time he's more pessimistic. 
Um, He's a real person with emotional problems. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I liked him in that character, but I will say that, you know, props for Andy for mm-hmm. trying to like branch out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what do you yeah. think about his character? I liked him. Like it made me feel more open to watch other things that he might come up with mm-hmm. just because the shows and movies that he's done in the past mm-hmm. are not my type of shows and movies. Right. Like you keep getting me to watch his one show trying to get me to watch Brooklyn nine, nine. Yes. Yes. That show. And I just, I have, Zero desire in the world to watch that. My goodness. It has Terry Crews. I understand Well, we're that. not talking about that. Yeah, we're not talking about that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm usually just stay away from his stuff because I just see him in trailers of things and I'm just like, yeah, not liking it. But this, I didn't mind him. He seemed like a real person. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see in the future if it's just this happened, like the character matched his personality mm-hmm. or if he's actually able to play those other roles. Because like Will Ferrell, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of him. Yeah. But there are the select few movies that I'm okay with him in because yeah. his acting personality just mm. happens to match the character that that time. Yeah. So I'm just curious to see how that goes in the future. So, you know, keep that in mind that this isn't the usual Andy Samberg yeah. character. Uh, and I'm not sure if I liked his character, but, you know, I will like, I will always give respect for people trying to branch out. Oh, always. definitely. Um, so yeah, it, you know, kind of that way. And then the uh, the final note that I have is that it's a movie that follows the same kind of formulas in terms mm-hmm. of not just uh, Groundhog Day, uh, but also uh, romance and uh, any kind of comedy. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't really break any boundaries in that kind no. of way. Whether that's something that you enjoy or not, like you go in, uh, you know what to accept mm-hmm. or, or expect. Uh, but for me, it was just kind of like. It didn't break any formulas, you know. You like to be shocked. Yeah, you know, and that, and I'll get into that to my recommendation. But uh, yeah, whether that's good or bad for you, yeah, it's up to you. But it really doesn't really break mm-hmm. any formulas in terms of what it's trying to do. Yeah. Uh, which brings us to our final recommendations. Again, from a five-point system, what did you give it? I gave it an enjoyable. Right in the middle with an enjoyable. Yes. Why is that? Because um, I'm Lizzie. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, because I really did enjoy it. Like I said, some of the jokes were on the raunchier side. It wasn't my type. But overall, I laughed. I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again if someone wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it, but mm-hmm. I would. Again, I enjoyed it. I gave it on our five-point system a pass. Mm-hmm. And, and the so a pass in our five point you know there's avoid at all costs like don't ever watch this movie but pass we always say that you know if if you're thinking about it but you're not really in the mood for a comedy eh, pass it it's not yeah. really that big but you know if it if it is on and you got nothing else to do cool you can go for it but i gave it kind of eh, pass for now just yeah. because like i said it doesn't really break the formulas yeah. there the jokes kind of got to me a little bit there are some nice, you know, love interest scenes mm-hmm. that you kind of root for. But for the most part, it's not one of those movies that you just rush to Hulu and click it. But if you've got nothing else to do, cool. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Like, you gave it enjoyable. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh, it was fine. Yeah. You know. But it also has that one other actor. <clears throat> oh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. And then it also has someone from 7th Heaven. I don't remember his name, but he was also in Teen Wolf. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, the bad version, not the good version. The MTV version. Yeah, not the Michael J. Fox version. 
But uh, so, yeah, again, <laughs> it's uh, Palm Springs. It's a Hulu exclusive. It's uh, it's on Hulu. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check it out for yourself if you really want to. But that's just what we reviewed it. Uh, but, you know, if you want to see it for yourself or pass it, whatever. This is why we do this so that, you know, yep. if there's a uh, movie nights. We give you a recommendation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that brings us to our video game section. Woohoo! Because we're a gaming podcast. So let's just go into it with our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the gaming industry. What's going on? It's top three gaming news with businessman. Uh, <laughs> You love them. this businessman. I do love this businessman. He's on um he's on some business, but he's going on they're two they're twins, but they're going on two different directions. Yeah. Uh they got some business to do. They stopped for lunch and now they gotta go to separate meetings. Yeah, they gotta go meet with Michael Pactor, but in two separate places. Uh <laughs> but yes, uh top three gaming news. Uh and we wanna start with the number three gaming news, which is about Lego and Nintendo. Woohoo! What? Uh, but yes, uh, so in terms of the, in terms of, uh, to celebrate, uh, 35 years of the NES, Lego actually, uh, partnered up with Nintendo again, and they, uh, made this little, uh, Lego NES system. Yeah. So it's actually uh, fully functioning, but it's actually, um, it's really cool because you've watched the video, by the way, links down below, you get to flip up this little cartridge deal. The, like the regular mm -hmm. NES, you put your NES cartridge in and you can push it down. You can plug in your control. It's like a complete replica with the retro TV. It just doesn't actually play video games. Well, that's the other thing is that you can set up this retro TV with the Mario game and mm -hmm. you can turn this little well, crank. Yeah. And it's that's so, so awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. And uh, yeah, I just want to read this little quotesy quote right quotes here. Quote. Quotesy quote. Uh, so this is coming from the article linked down below, uh, designed for adult builders. Ooh, steamy. Uh, <laughs> this new set contains 2,646 pieces, uh, that combine to create Nintendo's first home console, as well as an NES controller, a game cartridge that can fit into the console. Like I said, you can put it in and push it down like a regular, uh, game mm -hmm. and a miniature retro TV. The TV displays Mario traversing through a, uh, uh, through a stage from the 1985 classic and a crank located to the left side of the TV lets you move the mustache plumber up and down between the platforms. Uh, but yeah, super, super cool. Uh, yeah. Lego and Nintendo have partnered up before mm -hmm. to make another kind of Mario set. Uh, now, this will release uh, August 1st and will retail at $300, which not bad for a Lego set. Yeah, and not bad for like the complexity of this oh, right yeah like imagine how much time and energy had to go into making sure all these parts work together and doing it and doing the crank yeah like i mean just go watch lego masters and you can't even imagine how yeah. much how much this i mean this is was. this is super cool like oh yeah this like if we win the lottery this is on the list of things to buy wow i'm gonna buy it <laughs> and I'm put it together my goodness it's a it's a fancy little thing yeah but yeah um you know not much more to say it's just a celebration of uh 35 years with the nintendo entertainment system but yeah yeah that's i think just super cool it's awesome you, you know what else is uh less awesome is that your boy forgot to turn on the pineapple erps there we go. Pineapple's on. Uh, but yeah, so that brings us to our number two. There's not much more to say about. No, not really. It's, it's like, just, it's just here cool. it is. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. 
Super it's cool. Expensive. Uh, article link down below actually has the video explaining it, and it's just it's just yeah, really awesome. Uh, even if you're listening to us on audio, you can still click the link. Uh, but yeah. So next one is about the PS4. Woo-hoo! Wow. And apparently, they're still chugging along, no chugga, matter what. Chugga chugga. Here's the comes the PS4. It's the uh, console that can do it. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> it said yes. <laughs> I don't know. What? Where were you going with that one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Papa. Uh, Sony <laughs> says they. <laughs> uh, Sony says they will still not abandon the PS4. Right, even after launching the yeah. PS5. Uh, so. This is a whole like next gen thing, like what's mm-hmm. gonna happen to the old generation. I mean, Microsoft has already come out and said that they're discontinuing the Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Uh they are discontinuing that. Um, and now we're trying to think, like, what about the PS4? Now, this is coming from the head of PlayStation Marketing, uh, Eric Lempel. I hope I said his name right. Oopsie Dinkles. <laughs> but yes, uh, this is the head of PlayStation Marketing. And he has this to say about the PS4. And it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, PlayStation 4 is a big part of everything we do and will continue to be a big part of everything we do. Lempo continues. Uh, There's a lot more to come from the PlayStation 4. I think we're seeing uh, some of the greatest titles of this generation of this generation release in recent weeks. And that will continue. PlayStation 5 is the next generation product, but... We've got a lot to come for people on the PlayStation 4. There's still a ton of life in that product. Now, what's interesting about this uh, quote right here is that uh, Microsoft is saying, Microsoft for the Xbox Series X saying like, oh, yeah, we'll make cross-gen games for a couple more years. And when Phil said that, I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty much every generation, you know, kind of, sort of. um, But... This one, they're saying, like, no, like, the PlayStation 4 still has a lot of steam ahead. We still mm-hmm. got a lot of um, progress to do with this PlayStation yeah. 4. Uh, what do you think? I think that's, a, one, really good marketing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also going to put them ahead a bit in the, like, in the console wars. Mm-hmm. Because you have to imagine, like, people, like, yeah, when the new generation comes out, the next gen, or the last generation, the previous one, mm-hmm. is going to be cheaper Right. Like, yeah. So, but what would you rather get the cheaper one that nothing really brand new is coming out for it, mm-hmm. or the one that's cheaper and is still being worked on and still gets mm. updates and new games and all this stuff? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's it's really cool that the, there's still steam in the engine mm-hmm. for here. Makes me feel good too. Yeah, uh, and even uh, Phil Spencer talking about the uh, uh, Xbox One X that. Um, people are saying that, you know, we don't want to force you into next gen. And I think PlayStation knows that. And that's why the head of marketing mm-hmm. said this. Mm-hmm. They they see Microsoft and what they're doing. They see it and they say, well, checkmate. I don't, yeah. This isn't really checkmate. Um, it's more of like a like, check. Yeah, it's more of like, hmm, you're not going to. So we are. Yeah. Uh, they're saying that not only will we make things cross gen, but there's just still a lot more steam mm-hmm. going into PS4. Uh, and that's a lot to say for people who are PlayStation 4 owners or yeah. just recent PlayStation exactly. 4 owners, uh, where there's a lot of people still buying mm-hmm. previous gen. Yeah. A lot of people. And now this is to say, to say that, like, listen, if you get a PS4 even now, um, Quentin, you're safe. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Quentin from uh, you know, Greatest Show on Dirt. You know, if you're listening, if you get a PS4 now and you know join up with your boy online, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's still a safe investment, is what they're saying. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, take that with a grain of salt because it is the head of marketing. Yeah. For uh, PlayStation, so really take it's, that with a grain of salt. It's definitely a marketing move. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you know, still buy the PlayStation 4. You're fine. It's uh, you know really listen to who's saying it yeah um but yeah so just super good for yeah. playstation owners all around mm-hmm. but and now going into some eh, kind of nintendo news sort of but um your boy reggie i should have put up a picture of reggie i didn't i just did this how disappointing am i i'm very disappointing but um reggie fils yeah is once again coming out of retirement I don't think he knows what the definition of retirement I think is. He goes and gets bored, and then yeah, he goes somewhere else. He twiddles his thumbs for like like a couple months. He's like, yeah, eh, nah, yeah, I'm not the life for me. Yeah, but now he has become a strategic analyst or strategic advisor. Thank you, thank yeah. you, brain. A strategic advisor for Rogue Games mm-hmm. for uh, their next step into console. Uh, publishing. Yeah. So Reggie fils is actually joining Jack Trenton, who was uh, partially, or no, partially, formerly of Sony. Hmm. And he's joining him as another strategic anal- uh, analyst, my goodness, advisor, as they jump into console publishing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is really cool because Reggie met with Rogue Games, right? And he said that he was actually pretty impressed hmm. with what they're doing. Uh, again, I want to read this quote. All the articles are linked down below, by the way. Um, <coughs> so this is what Reggie has to say. When Rogue shared its console vision with me and I saw its first games that will be arriving this summer on platforms like Nintendo Switch, I was immediately impressed by the levels of ambition and innovation, says Reggie fils uh, I'm always on the lookout for fast-growing and innovative uh, companies that we are ready to shape for the future of games, and I'm excited to join Rogue in their mission to unite and simplify games publishing across all platforms. Uh, so, again, when people are saying, like, wow, this isn't really retirement now, is it? Again, he's an advisor. Yeah. In the same way, now this is really proving, by the way, I don't think he's not at GameStop because the very first thing that we heard about Reggie Feast May was that he was mm-hmm. um, on the board of directors, not the board of directors. He was just on the board. I, it might've been in directors, but he was on the board for GameStop yeah. and they're like saying, wow, that's a pretty big job. Like, eh, eh. they're just putting yeah. on a name, like slapping on the hoping name. Hoping it helps. Yeah. Hoping it vels, uh investors out, you know, going forward. And mm-hmm. we knew that he wasn't doing anything. And I feel like this proofs, that he's not doing. He also has another podcast. Reggie mm. has a podcast, and he's a he's, busy man. Yeah, but like, like I said, I think this just proves that he wasn't really yeah. doing anything at GameStop because he needs something to do. Apparently, yeah. Uh, so he was pretty impressed with um with Rogue Games. You mm-hmm. know, Reggie's gone rogue at this point. Jeez. Uh, and we actually got uh you know some clarification of what Rogue's mm-hmm. next game is going to be, and it's a game called Under, mm. and it's a game. Similar to PT, and you're in a ship, you're under the ocean. I I get it. And it's this tight packed uh, first person walking through the ship, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of horror game. It looks really cool. 
and it's going to be hitting Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch, huh, Reggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it gave a release date. Uh, as far as this podcast is going, I don't think they gave a release date, but uh, super cool. And Reggie yeah. is part of it. He He's seeing their vision, and he said, I want to be a part of that. That's awesome. So as an advisor, uh, what do you think? No, I think it's great. I think he must have been bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't know how to retire. But um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. And that's the thing. I I really hope Reggie is enjoying his retirement. But, the, you know, you really hear about the positions that he has in terms of... They're not heavy hitter positions. You know, They're hobby positions. Exactly. You know, being on the board at GameStop, it really just means... You know, here's here's Reggie Fizeme. He's part of us. Yeah. Or being an advisor, you know, a um, strategic he advisor. He comes into some meetings, but he's not like, right. at an office full time every day. Mm-hmm. He comes into meetings every once in a while. Exactly. He's just an advising rogue. Yeah. Like, this is how you can publish a game on a console. Mm-hmm. This is how you can work with Nintendo. I know some boys over at Nintendo. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, I... I wouldn't say that he's really ruining his retirement because they're just they're very small potatoes. He's just t- someone who who he likes to keep busy, and mm-hmm. if he can keep busy in his industry, right? Who cares? And if he's uh, not too busy, I mean, he's already got podcast experience. Yeah. Uh, so if he's not too busy, and he uh, comes across a certain um, gaming podcast on YouTube, I don't know what uh, something with groceries. If he wants to just talk about You're his... such a nerd. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, th- there's no way. But uh, yeah, super cool for Edgy and super cool for Rogue. Yeah. Um, I looked at this game and I'm just like, wow, that's yeah. freaking awesome. And Reggie is impressed. And when Reggie's impressed, you know that Rogue is mm-hmm. going you know, in this strong because yeah. he sees that innovation. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say, but... I was talking with, you know, a founder at, you know, Retro, uh, um, one of the expos that we go to. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing his vision and what he has for a future. And I felt like Reggie in his time. And I, wow, yeah. I really want to be like a part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really want to. I'm not saying I'm a part of it, but I really yeah. want to, like, follow what yeah. this what this person is doing. So, uh, yeah, I really feel Reggie here that he just wants to be a part of this growth. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like. You know, if Rogue was sounding this impressive, we got to yeah. keep our eyes on Rogue yeah. Publishing for consoles. Definitely. So, uh, any other thoughts? No, I don't think so. I mean, all all of our top three this week are pretty mm-hmm. cut and dry. Here it is. It's awesome. Yeah. Moving on. That's the thing about right now in the mm-hmm. pandemic is that nothing really major is going on. Yeah. In terms of no one's really meeting or having yeah. E3s. It's either like a really like solid, awesome news or like... You're a jerk. Okay, bye. Exactly. Like, it's one or the other right now. Yeah. So, it, it's kind of an interesting news week, but, you know, uh, yeah. it is what it is. But, yeah, so that's the uh, top three gaming news. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so uh, we know why you're all here. You're here, actually. It's not for us. Yeah, it's for the good boys over at Good Game, Great Game. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about does gaming bring joy? And especially we're talking about the pandemic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, does gaming actually bring us joy? So, you know, with all that said and done, you know, let's just bring on Andrew and Zach, not Kevin. Ke- Kevin is just, you know, in the ether somewhere. Aww. But we'll ask about him how he's doing. We'll but try and find him. Yeah, we'll try to find him. But let's just move on to our final segment. All right, everybody, we are back with our very special guest, not only Zah. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
I did already it messed up. Already messed up. Not only uh, Zah. Not only Andrew Zah. Not Zah. Only Zah. But the on. <laughs> We're here with Good Game, Great Game with Andrew and Zach. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Howdy. Hi. Grocers. Grocers. <laughs> We're in it for the long haul. So before we yeah. get started, uh, I wanted to bring you two on just to ask a simple question. Uh, Andrew, first, first and foremost, the um, what was that about? Is Good Game, Great Game coming back? Oh, <laughs> oh boy. You're going to make us spill the beans. Oh, we, um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, yes. The, 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 do we want to say yes? Okay, is yes so, the answer? So yes is, yes is the answer with an asterisk, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we're still it's going to be a different planning. format. We're, yeah, we're planning things out. I actually, that's why I called you today, Andrew, was to talk logistics about what the heck we're doing. That we're in the early planning at the doctor. <laughs> were you at the doctor? I was at the doctor. Oh, I was at a doctor, but not yeah. for myself. Yeah, I was going for me. Oh, anyway. are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I was just getting a COVID test. <laughs> oh, I'm going, okay, home to, I'm going home to visit my immunocompromised mother, and I would like to not have it and take it to her. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's can, you two, can you two shut up for a minute while we catch up? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, are you healthy? Are you fine? I don't know. It's not a rapid. I'll find out. In a well, week. that's right. This country's terrible. Yeah. Uh, yes. Good. 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 Uh, the the short answer is yes. The long answer is we are figuring it out. Uh, we're coming back without our beautiful friend Kevin Ryder, who uh, gave us his blessing to continue doing the show. Without him, he wants to pursue other opportunities uh, in his life and just doesn't. Doesn't doesn't want to come back, which is yeah, completely understandable. Different directions. Mm-hmm. He he sees video games very much as like a leisure time kind of thing, and the podcast makes them something a little more intense than that. And I completely understand mm-hmm. that. It's very valid. Yeah. I also play games for fun generally. So like, if it's not fun for you anymore because of the thing we're doing, then like, great. Mm-hmm. Probably I just move like- away from that, and that's fine. But we're probably yeah. it'll be less frequent. The format is most likely not going to be the same. Zach and I have to actually talk this out, and we have not recorded. But the um was a day that we were going to record the episode until Zach's internet betrayed us entirely. <laughs> I we just couldn't record the internet the for a whole night, and it didn't quite work out quite right. So uh, um, the short answer is yes. You will have episodes of Good Game, Great Game again in the future sometime. All right. I feel like a clod right now because I didn't realize we were we were – uh doing video because like as you can see i don't have a stand here i'm just kind of karaoke in it like <laughs> real hard on the whole thing uh i just got a whole new setup i'm 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 a, I'm a big dirty pc gamer now uh Ooh. it's also really hot in this room and i i've been dry i've my mind is going at a million different places at once and How i'm tired normal I know I'm just tired and, and long for, for a long sleep. We got a hot tub. I'm in my parents' house right now. That's why I'm 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 living in this exorbitant cabin by the woods right now. Uh, but mm. they put in a hot tub uh, because they were like, well, we can't go on vacation, so we might as well like bring vacation here. So my parents and my partner, who's also staying with us, are all in the hot tub. And I'm here with you all, which is really where I want to be. That's that's what I was trying to get to is I'm grateful. Uh, here on Games and Groceries, episode 694? Uh, close. Is that one, how long you've been doing this? Yeah, 110, but very close. Yeah, very 110, close. 110, 110, 110. That's a great if number. If you just My subtract a quick 584 from your number, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Did you do that in your head? Yeah, I'm math. I'm I math. I'm math. I'm literally, math. I'm just math. 
I am uh, learning programming right now, so I've been having to do a lot of math. So I guess I'm fresh on math right now. Can we talk about Andrew's beard for, no. for a quick sec? No. <laughs> uh, because that's a new development. That's that's his that's his uh 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 COVID era Andrew is what we're looking at right now. Uh a little bit finer, a little bit more less refined around the edges. He really needs to like work on his his uh, uh manscaping as well. I guess it's not manscaping if it's on the face, because like manscaping the stuff down there. Uh uh but but what COVID era direction. Andrew's really gotta look going on right now it's hard because i haven't seen my friend in so long uh and just seeing <laughs> seeing his new do really start to grow in is also a fresh and exciting opportunity adam you're sporting phenomenal stuff as well and liz oh. it'll come soon hon it'll come it'll be there uh, I hope uh not. COVID comes for us all but first comes the beard Wow, I haven't done uh, a podcast with Zach in months, and I forgot is what it an exhausting? experience it is. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm tired, but I'm ready to pod. I've got I've got juices flowing right now. My my voice is getting out there for the masses, and I just want to I want to pod all over the place for you all tonight. So yeah, uh, <laughs> let's buckle up. Let's uh let's let's do our best, and let's entertain for for you know. Two to three hours. Wow. I forget how long. The that's maybe not quite. That's a little long. Yeah. Did you have questions, Adam? Did you have a query? <laughs> uh, so getting Welcome into the to the Zach show. <laughs> uh, so we are here to talk about if gaming actually brings joy because we are talking about the pandemic, mm-hmm. COVID, and all of this, and it does bring beards because it does bring kind of anxiety, and we we'll kind talk of about dad bods. Yeah, you know, dad we're, we're in, we're in the era of gaming. So beards are definitely something that I think we get. First, we get beards, then we get joy, then we get rage on the internet because of joy. Oh, I think we already uh, got rage on the internet. Then we get uh, joy, the movie featuring uh, the woman that played Mystique, whose name's escape. I'm uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Jennifer, Lawrence. Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, the poster with her like in the rain. I don't That's know what you're move. talking about. <laughs> the movie Joy. Everyone knows Joy. Wow. No, I think I have that movie. You do have that movie. Yeah, there there that Liz movie. knows about Joy. <laughs> Liz, can you give me a five-second synopsis on the movie Joy starring Jennifer Lawrence? Uh isn't that the one where she plays a person who discovered like the first like mop, like a mop or something, like a certain mop? <laughs> the mop? What? Yeah, I think that's. I don't remember. What if what? broom but wet? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like she's one of like the people who like like made the uh, the mop that like you like twist it to like it has like that thing are you serious okay. a swiffer? i think no on. not a swiffer it has I've like got it i've it got it on part... uh, wikipedia yeah there you go yeah oh, thank this... you nope this isn't brief uh... <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm derailing the whole thing with I'm my witticisms for... oh yeah it's definitely about mops she meets qvc executive yeah. to sell her mops on tv liz nailed that yeah she well, like wait, that's what that movie's about Clearly. yeah she like patented okay all i know is that like she's in the rain on the poster. That's all I know. Um, That's but video the... games enjoy. Yes. Uh, short answer. Yes. And a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, just... Zach just ended talkie time without letting Adam or Liz speak for more than three seconds. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Are you, would you like, can I, do you want me? I can stand in the corner for a few minutes. My if I, uh, God. Show too much. So brain, brain not work. Brain small brain not work. I'm sorry. So this is the second time Zach has been on the podcast and uh, might be the final time. <laughs> against, against your better judgment. 
Um, but before we get in, even into does gaming bring joy, I kind of want to get into a little bit of a discussion about the uh, difference between happiness and joy, right? I, I feel like there is sort of a line between mm-hmm. what joy is and what happiness is, or even ultimate happiness. So uh, let's do a discussion on that, right? Uh, what do we think the difference is between joy and happiness? Uh, anybody want to start? Well, I think joy begets happiness. Um, it it's it's arguing semantics, and I think if you were to look okay. up the the textbook definition of joy, the word happiness is within it. Mm. Uh, you know, I I I feel it's more an argument of semantics to say there's a difference between happiness and joy. Uh, but you know, when you're experiencing joy there's usually a root cause of it where i think happiness is a state of being if that yeah. makes sense. see that's funny because i think of it the exact opposite direction oh tell me tell me your ways um and i think also like this is like semantics tend to just be a personal experience in your personal things on you know, so people can think differently i think happiness is just the direct emotion which is usually like something that can come from an external cause, something mm. that like, it's mm-hmm. just the emotion of feeling happiness. Whereas joy is more of the state of being. It's when you put yourself into like, find things that settle you into a state of contentment, um, okay. which often then is accompanied by some happiness because you're within that contentment. Mm. Yeah. Um, if I'm thinking, so my general association with joy, um, the word joy for me comes from, in, well, not, where it comes from we're not talking the etymology (laughs) this is my (laughs) personal take on joy (laughs) i'm sure it's latin or some nonsense um anyway uh some nonsense (laughs) nonsense language no one speaks those joy is hold hold oh boy uh it's greek it's latin or greek origin it is latin from the Uh, word he did it graduate i'm so Uh, sorry yeah yeah my goodness Um, yeah So anyway, that's not actually what I'm talking about. Um, For me, my first, I think, direct association with what the word joy is, um, when I was in, so I was in like kind of a weird theater school where we thought about things in a very abstract sense, as opposed to things where it was like more, here's how you go do an audition. It was like, here's how you sit in the corner during a rehearsal and create a character for three hours. Like Mm -hmm. we had weird theater school. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But the first play that we put on when I went to college was Angels in America by Tony Kushner. Um, and for anybody who is not, you know, familiar, as freshmen do, casual in freshman theater play. school. Um, <laughs> Angels in America, for those that don't know, is a landmark gay play that it's set wow. during the AIDS crisis of the late mm. '80s and early '90s. Oh wow! Um, and it addresses that, so it's not a happy time. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Um, so, like, and the main character in it, uh, the primary character, has AIDS. Like, his HIV has progressed to AIDS, and then I played that character's boyfriend who doesn't deal with his boyfriend's AIDS very well mm-hmm. and throughout the play ends up uh, essentially abandoning, abandoning so him in the hospital, cheating on him, breaking up with him, and then feeling all of his own guilt about that. Um, so there's just a lot of crying for my character. There was a lot of like dark scenes, a lot of yelling. Mm. And so it's very hard to figure out how to play that character realistically because you still have to make them human and finally uh one of our guest like directors that kind of came in and was working on a workshop with us in class mentioned the phrase seeking joy Mm -hmm. um and she said that every human 
seeks joy. Like Mm -hmm. that is, you don't want to live in a constant state of distress and sadness. Like maybe there are people Mm -hmm. who really are off in in chemistry Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And they have trouble figuring out how to seek joy. So they get stuck in that. But the, the desire for contentment and for comfort and blah, 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 these are human things. So even a character who in the circumstances of a play is super sad and crying constantly is going to have some part of them. And this is the same way you'll get humanized villains where they're trying to kind of justify their evil actions because Mm -hmm. they're seeking contentment. They're seeking comfort and joy and these kind of things. That is just part of making a well-rounded thing. So I had to find like moments of levity in the character where Mm. they're also trying to laugh at something. Maybe they laugh this thing off, but then they can't handle this thing well. Um, Mm. And that rounded it so much more. And then when you really think about it, that's just like then a thing you can take into life. Like seeking joy is a concept that I try to live my life by. Mm. If I'm in a bad situation Mm. and I can change my perspective into finding whatever small amount of joy may be there, it helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how would that, um, and I think you explained it pretty well, by the way. Um, going into ultimate happiness and I, and I, and I kind of lean towards pretty much what Andrew is saying. Uh, Zach, I feel like you're wrong. Uh, but (laughs) no, I, yeah, put it on me like that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I think Zach also, you have also a good point that uh i think what you said is that happiness begets joy am i right um that's yes, that's uh joy begets happiness yes joy i begets. think happiness is a state of being i think joy is a reaction to mm-hmm. a outside stimuli yeah and that that's kind of where mine lies is that joy is kind of the oh know, so i'm right then i think so i think at first you said joy begets happiness I, I wrote it down right in front of me. I said joy begets happiness. Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm more thinking that there are things in this life that give you momentary joy, but ultimate happiness mm-hmm. is that state of being, right? Like what will fulfill you? Almost like what is going to fulfill you in life, what is actually going to make you um, – I don't even want to say less distressed because that's life. You know, you're always going to be distressed, but what's your ultimate fulfillment? But joy is one of those things that like it's in the moments, mm-hmm. I guess you want to say. But uh, Liz, do you have any other thoughts on that? Um, I definitely did not think as deep about this as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mostly just thought about like not the meanings, but like I just went like thinking about it. It was more of like. I feel like joy is just that like bare step above happiness. Like when you mm. say like, I'm happy, like you, okay. you're like, I'm happy. But like joy is, I feel like a stronger word where it's like, you're not just going to be like, I'm joyful about it. Like, no, like you, you're joyful. Like you're like more excited about it than just happy with it. Okay. You know yeah. What I mean? Okay. I That's can get with that. that. I feel I that thought. very much. Like I think, yeah. I because th- I, I think also like the concept of ultimate happiness that you're talking about, Adam, is like a whole separate level mm-hmm. of like, yeah, overall life happiness and a life satisfaction, mm. which the pessimist in me says isn't actually achievable. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll always, as a human, find something to not Want be satisfied more. with, which is yeah. kind of, I mean, to me, like ultimate happiness conflates very closely with perfection, which mm-hmm. I think humans are incapable of. You can just fail a little bit less each day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue 
I, I see your point, Andrew. May I raise you that I think ultimate happiness also has to do with letting go of the idea that the things you're going to do with your life are going to be perfect mm-hmm. and that you will be able to accomplish everything uh. you set out to do in your life. I think that if you if, if we're talking the ultimate level of happiness, I think there is a certain amount of letting go mm-hmm. of an ideal, of a dream, of... Uh, a, a certain level of success that mm. you don't i'm not saying like give up mm. on your life and all is meaningless and you know no, what but that's what i'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> but, but but i i you know i, I get where you're saying i moved to new york seven years ago to be an actor and realized that you know, the living the music theater lifestyle, the name and lights the the constant struggle and mm. uh hustle and bustle wasn't good Right. Uh, for 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 a, for a cynical mm-hmm. and and less, uh, I don't want to say the word flamboyant soul, but that's where my heart landed in this moment. Than I, mm-hmm. um, uh, showbiz ain't for me yeah. in yeah. the context that I grew up pursuing. Mm. Uh, and it didn't bring joy. And I I've thought a lot about what has brought me joy, not only in the couple of years uh, after I gave up the initial dream of pursuing a career in theater, but also in the last four months of living with COVID and seeing Mm. a huge disruption to not only my own life, but the lives of people around me. Uh, I've been living at home uh, ever since COVID hit. And that's been a huge source of relief in a financial sense. Mm. It's been a relief in a support structure because I've been extremely fortunate to uh, have time to spend with my parents uh, and and build my relationship further with them with time I never thought I was going to have again. Mm. I started uh, seeing, I I gained a partner in the last couple of months, somebody I met literally right before COVID hit. Um, And that's been a struggle because we're both going through this extremely uncertain time in our futures. I moved to New York. uh, I went back to New York. uh, I saw Andrew uh, uh, I think it was like a month ago now uh, to pack Something up my apartment. Like that, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and hold up all of my stuff in a storage space in our beloved Astoria, New York uh, with, with the knowledge that, you know, I might come down there and have to leave a city that I love very, very much. Um, but there is joy right now in knowing that I am making the best of a situation that mm-hmm. is tough mm that we are finding joy in the small things that this 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 genuine tragedy i i I think Mm -hmm. that it can't be underplayed that this is a bad moment in 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 uh uh american culture and civilization even world Um, culture yeah yeah i think so yeah um and i i i feel grateful that i've been able to find my own sense of joy uh, in the people I'm with, in the things I am doing for myself. I Like I said before, I bought a huge PC uh, because I want to teach myself new talents, because I want to pursue new opportunities. Um, I am grateful that I have this camera that I actually bought Andrew for Christmas, I think two years ago, uh, when he Which was sending out the same to, model as the one I'm using the model. Right now, it's, that it's my a, cousin also yeah. bought me that Christmas. He bought the same thing, and I was like, well, maybe I'll use this someday. And then two years later, like, oh, serendipity, I actually have this thing. And I think I got Andrew, like, a pair of shoes or something. I forget. Um, <laughs> it was not shoes. It wasn't shoes. I don't know. <laughs> Guarantee it was, it was not shoes. What was um, the present, like, Andrew? But but when, I, Probably a video game, honestly, or, like, a gift card. That's We buy each other was. games all the time. Yeah. yeah. Very frequent. 
very frequently. It just makes sense for our friendship. Well, um, okay. um, oh. but but to the topic of, of of trying to find absolute joy, I think there is a level of like I think I to tie up my thesis, I think that acknowledging that life's not going to be perfect and finding your successes along the way anyway is what leads to ultimate happiness. Mm. That's it. That's what I wanted to say. No, I like that. Yeah. Like it's definitely and like I said, you know, ultimate thesis and you know, uh I, I think that's needed to like really understand what is happiness? What is joy? Mm-hmm. Is there a difference? And I and I like how we went a little deeper in this because now let's move into video games. Oh, video games, yeah, exactly. Let's actually talk about that. Well, like the reason why you I want to like Master Chief, <laughs> me, me like Master Chief, maybe I'm more. I love my big green friend. <laughs> See, I'm more of a Sergeant Johnson person myself, but you know that's she just got me. Done dirty. <laughs> that dumb, that dumb guilty spark. That I'd dumb. like to three four three him out the window. My God. Well, 86 action, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, restaurant business going on in here. But uh, those were the days long ago in the before times. Oh, my goodness. Um, But yeah, that's why I kind of want to jump into games after doing a more deeper discussion on happiness and joy, because let's go into more trivial factors of does gaming actually bring joy? And now we're on the discussion of, you know, we're in a midst of a of a global change. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, do, do video games actually help to bring us joy or have we found in these times that maybe they're not really necessary? Um, you know, spoiler for me, I'm still doing a gaming podcast. So what do you think my answer is? <laughs> it's um, hard. It's hard to argue against. Exactly. It's like, bye, everybody. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to be doing a philosophy. This is, this is the episode you announced. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> Good game. Great game. Going to take my place. Um but yeah, so what do you guys think about um, does gaming actually bring joy or is it are we finding it to be more trivial in these times? What do you guys think? I Andrew and I have been talking a lot throughout all of this throughout the last couple of months. And I think he and I are going to have very different answers, but I'd yep. love to hear what he has to say first. Oh, OK. Uh, <laughs> I just love hearing you talk. I, wasn't, I didn't know that that would throw to me. Um, OK, Um so short answer, yes, it it still brings me joy. Like I'm still doing it. I yeah. literally put Mass Effect 2 down to play to do this podcast. Nice. So, That's right. I forgot you're doing a Mass yeah, Effect. I'm doing a Mass Effect rerun. Um I'm playing yeah, a bunch that. of games. Like I'm playing about eight games at once. Oh my goodness. And my whole thing. It's been a the little bit. model of playing video games. Yeah, but I think it's a different than the Zach Rich model in the sense that like it's You're gonna beat them. Well, I mean, there's that. <laughs> Zach Rich never finishes a game. Um, I, I've had a very hard time. Um, I did not get to go home to my parents because uh, I worked. So when the lockdown happened, I was working in a Broadway theater. That is a space with a lot of people. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, one of our coworkers, like, had. He didn't know it at the time for sure, and we didn't know that he had COVID. But like one of our coworkers had COVID. Um, oh, one of like one of the other bartenders who I would have been in close proximity with. Mm. Oh, so, um, there was definitely just a, a point when like we went into lockdown, and other people were saying, you know, I'm going, I'm heading out to Montana to see my parents, and I'm gonna wait it out there. And I was like, my mother has four years worth of chronic asthma. She's been on steroids. Oh and she's severely immunocompromised. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. nope. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. And then the initial idea was, okay, well, let me wait the two-week period and we'll see where we're at. 
We're back, everybody. Uh, technical issues with Andrew, and he warned us before. But yeah. um, Andrew, uh, continue your thought. Yeah. Um, so it got, you know, like once it gets to the end of March, after like the two weeks of making sure I didn't have symptoms show up, then New York City was the epicenter of everything. And mm -hmm. like the idea of trying to take public transportation to get home was like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go there like for me or for my mom. So mm -hmm. I essentially got stuck here. Mm -hmm. um and like i am lucky enough to live with a roommate so i wasn't like completely alone but there was definitely just this sense of like so many of my close friends had gone home with their families or at least mm -hmm. were quarantining with like their significant others and there was like this really deep-seated loneliness that like set in in the first month or two yeah um and then on top of that obviously broadway is still shut down mm -hmm. <laughs> so i lost my job any kind of income and the unemployment line was is is still let's just be clear is still a problem the unemployment yeah. oh my goodness oh, yeah. is a mess of a system yeah um and i still don't have everything working with them and that's just been a constant source of anxiety but before i had before the like 600 pua kicked in mm -hmm. they had mm -hmm. so severely underestimated my rate that i was not sure i was going to have like one more month worth of rent um it was it was i was i was in an extreme anxiety extreme stress extreme loneliness and i went into like a pretty severe depression so video games were a thing that i had to occupy my day mm -hmm. um there were some days that they were more useful for me than others and the reason that i was playing eight at once was because like it got to a point where I needed to find any little bits of joy that I could in a day because I was in such a dark place mm -hmm. and I had to be ready to switch to whatever game was going to give me joy that day mm -hmm. if there even was one. So like my mood was dictating what sort of things I was playing. Mm. Yeah, um, I played a lot of like, like Doom Eternal was a day when I just needed to like completely zone out of everything and like do a mindless like oh, yeah. ridiculous yeah. sort of thing. It had to be um, such like a, a blessing for so many people to have two highly anticipated games set right at the I start. I know. Yes. Two very yeah, different genres games, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, very like, opposite. Yeah, right? Uh, Zach, um, what are your thoughts? So, yeah. oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did, oh. No, sorry. That, that's about it. I'm done. Bye. <laughs> uh, for me, it is different uh, because I was fortunate enough. Like I said before, like I was fortunate enough to to go home and have time and people around me. Um, unlike Andrew, I had an extreme amount of luck with the unemployment system. I got through like on my third attempt and got signed up about two days after I was laid off from my day job. Uh, I've been I, and like I, I can't stress enough how fortunate I've been throughout all of this when I know so many others have been suffering their way for this entire ordeal. And even then, uh, gaming was an escape from the uncertainty. When I went back home, I thought it was going to be for two, three, four weeks at a time. I didn't expect this to be uh, uh, a life changing event mm -hmm. that we are now living through. We're living in the cool zone, as it were, mm -hmm. of history. Yeah. And when we're faced with absolute uncertainty and don't know what is going to happen, where we're going to get our next paychecks from, uh, there is, and I'm in my childhood home, I'm in my youthful bedroom where I spend all mm -hmm. of my uh, clandestine youthful days. Um, 
So my first impulse was to play old video games, and I did. Mm-hmm. I, I played a ton of uh, Melee, and I and I took on games that I never... I played Ocarina of Time for the first time all the way through. And oh, yeah, I remember a, you're live-tweeting that, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was nice. it was a, a revolutionary experience for me playing this game from 1998 mm-hmm. uh, on my own for the first time and just realizing, like, what kind of work that game actually is. Because mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't a puzzle kid. I didn't like puzzles growing up, so that game was kind of like, eh, get out of here. Yeah, um, that yeah so so gaming definitely helped find joy for me in in going through old stuff playing some new stuff i found games that i've genuinely fallen head over heels in love with i think i've played one of my maybe top 10 favorite games of all time uh during this quarantine in yakuza zero that game's nice. incredible holy moly holy moly uh and there's 20 of them okay yeah look, look, look. take it down the hatch <laughs> my goodness um so yeah, there, there's plenty of joy that I found throughout all of this mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of dealing with this really traumatic time in American history. Um, uh, I'm, I, I can't stress enough how fortunate I feel that I've been throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still, even with that feeling of, of fortuitousness, gaming was definitely a crutch and still is and still will be. Um, one of the things that my partner and I uh, really clicked on because we started dating in the middle of all this, but it was Animal Crossing. I bought her a Switch. Mm-hmm. I bought her Animal Crossing, and she still plays it religiously every single day. I've kind of tapped out at this point, but Same. you know, mm-hmm. for the for the two months that I was able to, until it started getting way too stressful for me to play, uh, yes. until my stocks didn't go up no more, uh, it was wonderful to be able to connect with her in that way. We've been playing all of these titles that have brought me such joy and it's such a wonderful thing to connect with somebody new whom i care about very much mm-hmm. uh yeah i I'm, i know i'm rambling about this topic but it just feels i i'm thankful for gaming in this moment mm-hmm. easily easily completely and totally i think that when we're talking about uh is it is it asinine to have these things in this moment there are moments throughout covid especially recently I think the stuff surrounding Ubisoft right now, most oh ton and cheekly, yeah. like, uh, oh, why are we doing this? Yeah, is uh, a a matter of point, but there's just something so wonderful about still having new games coming out during this moment, still having stuff for community to bond over mm-hmm. uh, during these big announcements. I adored Devolver's conference last week. Uh, mm-hmm. it's one because those short films are just so much fun and so funny and so clever. And two, like, you know, I just realized indies are really where my heart is these days, much more than triple a. And, and when devolver talks, I can't help but listen. So, mm-hmm. uh, Sorry to ramble. I'm sorry that was that was a very meandering answer. <laughs> Why do you think but... we brought you guys on yeah. so that we don't talk? <laughs> Two games bring joy. Yes. Next question. Well, <laughs> I want to I want to follow up by like saying also that like similar to what Zach was saying, I I went to a lot of old games. Like I went to a lot of familiarity. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. one thing that they absolutely gave me. Like I went back and played. I started the quarantine with a replay of uh, Fire Emblem: Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, which are two of my favorite Fire Emblems. I played both of the Portal games. I pulled out my old Game Boy Advance oh, and Game nice. Boy Color, and I played Pokemon Trading Card Game, which oh, is yeah. still, <laughs> yes. still, did you, still hold on. It still This is something I played. Andrew, did you know there was a sequel to that that only came out in Japan? What? 
There was a second uh, Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy Color. Pokemon trading card game two, Electric Boogaloo. It was called <laughs> the Invasion of Team GR, which stands for Great Rocket. And the game, it's literally a direct sequel where there's a blimp that just comes by with a giant vacuum like Team Rocket out of heck. And they suck up all of the Pokemon cards and take it to their island. And everyone's like, what are we going to do? We don't have Pokemon cards anymore. Uh, and it's really just the same game built on more foundations foundation uh the big change being that they add in the uh here comes team rocket set because it was released like so close oh, yeah. Yeah. uh to the top of things and i think that was like the fourth set they put out after the base and jungle and false fossil uh uh it's it's literally the same well, game just more but you know i found a, the internet <laughs> i found a fan translation uh and yeah. it tur- hey turns out emulation pretty freaking sick oh, oh my gosh <laughs> emulation is cool so yeah i i definitely like will you know what i mean i will emphasize the point of like old games in such an uncertain time that give you any feeling of comfort and familiarity Mm -hmm. is like hey sometimes i really need that Mm -hmm. um that's what i've been going to yeah yeah go ahead oh no no i was i was we've talked forever no no I was even going to say that too. I was uh, going to agree with you too. That I've been going to some of my older games, classic games, because I was I I started the year in January with kind of like um a backlog checklist, you know, kind of like one of those um uh New Year res- resolutions. Mm-hmm. And once COVID hit, I it just you're like mm, never mind, completely mm-hmm. out the window. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to go back to yeah familiarity and comfort. Mm-hmm. And I really found it really with um, Assassin's Creed games because I've I've been a fan since the very first one. And that just really like brings back the good memories, you know, very, Mm -hmm. very much. um, Wait, are you saying you went back to old Assassin's Creed games? Old Assassin's Creed, like the very first one. Are we talking the very first? Because I tried to play that again and hell. No, that is a game I absolutely could not for the life of me. I feel like that's a prison sentence. That's like (laughs) I'm on a deserted island and I have an infinite amount of time to play all the games that I want. But unfortunately, they're all from 2007. And even though I loved them in 2007, I don't love them in 2020. (laughs) Well, did you watch a certain video that's on YouTube of uh, why Assassin's Creed is so good? It's 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 on the Internet somewhere. It's on YouTube. I'll have to look up on on Internet.com com for this video internet.com uh, yeah dot net maybe i for, i forget the, or you can uh click the, the link is. right up here that i'm gonna just uh self-promote but <laughs> <laughs> wait so do you have a camera facing us and then there's another camera back there that the audience will yeah, see so that's yeah. In that ring light, that's the camera. Yeah. That's the main okay. Camera. I thought it was weird that the ring was facing me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that makes they're more lighting, sense. They're now. just lighting your face, Doc. I get well, you know, I I need it. Good lord. My goodness. <laughs> so let's get into uh some social media answers real quick. Uh we've pretty much hit the half uh, halfway point. And uh I asked you on uh social media, uh follow us on Twitter at gaming groceries, on Instagram, games and groceries all one word, or on uh, Facebook. Uh and I will ask I you a question. Instagram. Yeah, over what's that? I love Instagram. Instagram That's my uh, favorite site. Insta- oh my god <laughs> Instagram anyways uh, I asked you on Twitter does gaming ever bring you true joy and uh, I want to start with uh, Commander Nikki who says true joy I don't know her 
And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> That's a, you got to see Jennifer Lawrence and Joy. Yeah. Then you'll know her. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, she says, okay, joking, uh, jokes as coping aside, I'm incredibly happy whenever a game has stunningly beautiful landscape, and especially when a photo mode is mixed in there. Also, finally getting to finish a level I got stuck on for a while. Uh, that yes, oh, yeah. that brings joy mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, she says that you know, anytime there's a stunning landscape, and I've seen her Twitter feed where uh, she loves landscape. She loved uh, mm-hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn, Skyrim, Skyrim, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's always taken back by the landscape there. Um, uh, I I agree. There's there's certain yeah. elements of games where you are like that. That's my jam. I guess. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you fellas say Call about it that? Like sensory joy. Ooh. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Ooh, <laughs> like, buckets. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I I think there is a level of oh look at this cool thing. I think that's like the mm-hmm. the 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 bottom level of joy from games for me yeah. is a sensory experience where uh, music and graphics can swell that kind of emotion. The thing that I've really uh, fallen in love with, like I think Nikki said, uh, when you beat a difficult level, yeah, I also finally I've really fallen level. in love with roguelikes. Uh, over the last yeah. year, and I have slayed the Spire to think for that because that game, I think I've put maybe over 200 hours in that Dang. title. Uh, and just in this last year alone with Monster Train and Hades, 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 Hades is a game that I have put. Uh, I've only had it for, I think, two weeks, but I've already put 16 hours into it. Uh, right. just intermittently, like whenever I have a free moment, I'm just like, oh, I'll do a run of Hades. And right. I yeah. think that breakthrough moment, you beat that boss you're stuck on. That's the moment in gaming that gives me the most joy mm. in particular. Um, but there's also like, yeah, there's that incredible effect of like, it's, it's the moment where, you know, I think about fallout three and the first time you see the wasteland when yes. you leave the altar, uh, breath of the wild, when you leave the cave for the, like the, the first time you see the world truly open up before your eyes. Yes. That is mm. always a, the draft and last of us, mm. uh, mm. a game I still haven't played because I know that game's not for me. No. Um, <laughs> just straight up. No. Yeah. I mean, I also had like, um, so when we went into quarantine, I was doing, I was like in a long extended process of a Fire Emblem Three Houses maddening run through because with the DLC <laughs> for Fire yeah. Emblem Three Houses, they added the difficulty maddening, which is even more than hard. Mm. Um, <laughs> and basically what it involved was like, it's a it's a strategy game. And if you accidentally left any of your mu- units in the range of an enemy on any given turn, that unit was going to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, wow. Like it was insanely hard. I had to do an, a, an insane amount of like front end planning and work on like how I was developing my units so that they would even be usable for the end game. And I definitely like stopped it for a little bit at the beginning of the pandemic because I was like, this is just going to stress me out. Like this mm-hmm. hurts to do sometimes and mm-hmm. I can't do it right now. But then I picked it up somewhere partway through and picked up the work where I had left it off. And by the time I got to like the last three chapters of it, I didn't have to retry them. I got them like done on the first try. My units were like so strong. And when I finished that game, like, oh my God, the sheer accomplishment. Like, yes, exactly Mm -hmm. what Nikki is talking about. That was like, that was the amount of hard work that it took to put into a hard thing. And I did it. Yeah. It's rewarding. I I spent a long time not challenging myself when I played games. I would always play on the easiest difficulty, always just grift my way through 
everything. And I think it's only over the last couple of years where I was like, actually, would I feel better about games if I just challenged myself more in them? Mm. And it turns out challenge is fun. Challenge is good, actually. Didn't realize playing on a hard difficulty, uh, actually rewarding when you beat that big boss mm-hmm. fight that you couldn't do. Uh, I'm also I, I, I'm I'm big enough to say like if I get really stuck on something and need to bring the difficulty down and I'm allowed to do that absolutely. What was I playing? I was playing. Um, oh golly, I forget the game. Oh, it was Spider Man. Uh, nice. All those years ago, I hit a wall with that game where I think they just introduced. Well, it was during the DLC. Uh, the city that never sleeps stuff. Oh, yes. Um, they introduced this mook that just has a rocket launcher, and that rocket launcher just kept on hitting me and hitting me and hitting me and killing me and killing me and killing me. That I eventually was just like, you know what? I don't have to stand for this. Bump. Easy difficulty. Spider Man's the most powerful thing alive. Goodbye, Rocket <laughs> Boys. Um, and 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 it gets to the point where it's like, like puzzle games too. I played Baba Is You. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. which is unbelievably wonderful and when you when you nail a puzzle in that you feel like you have the biggest the biggest brain possible Mm -hmm. uh when you win a puzzle and baba is you but i am also big enough to say like if it gets to a point where i'm just not going to figure out a puzzle and there's no way in the world that tiny small brain me can't (laughs) figure it out and i look online and i go okay there was no way in hell i'm never going to be able to figure that out that's also fine to me i don't need mm-hmm. to ram my head against the wall i give myself a 45 minute rule if i've spent 45 minutes on something that i can't figure out what to do next i move on even like i had a moment when i played ocarina of time where i just i didn't get that i could use my, my hook shot while i'm wearing the iron boots so i'm standing around the water temple i'm like how do i get in how do i get in how do i get in i don't understand that i missed something how do i raise this door so i can get into this blasted temple uh and eventually i just paused the game clicked on game faqs figured out oh use the hook shot and i was just like didn't didn't see that uh which is the most like dumb moment i have ever had playing a game this year and yet uh here we are i am big enough to say i didn't know how to get in the water temple dag I mean, like, in the quarter. I don't know how to get in the water temple. Zach Rich. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like it's okay to like look up clues every now and again, especially if it's mm-hmm. like a big puzzle or, or even just like you're frustrated. You're not like for me, mm-hmm. it's perspective. Uh, the game that I've never finished and I badly want to, but I'm so stubborn is the witness and the witness. I love puzzle games. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Okay. But the witness is all about perspective. And you cannot, it's not a very black and white mentality. If you're a black and white mentality, like your boy, uh, you have to swim in the gray. Like there, there's all these different uh, rotations and you have to understand that the way you're thinking about it isn't necessarily the right way of thinking about it. And I'm just like, I, I hate this game. Go. Bye. And I, I help a lot when you play that game. You yeah. do. Because you <laughs> swim I had, in the gray. I had really mixed thoughts on Witness because I, I do, I love what it tries to do mm-hmm. it is a game where every single mechanic is not taught to you you just have to figure it out along the way my issue was that all too often i was figuring out a puzzle but i wasn't understanding what that mechanic was especially like at the baselines mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I would literally get to the point where i was just making lines and then boom i got the puzzle right and mm-hmm. i move on to a harder one and i'm like well i don't understand how i got it right that's the thing the i just wanted place. to know the rules of the puzzle that's it like yeah. like, it's yeah. very much uh, like uh, 
you have to train yourself to think outside of the box because the rules are the last thing that you expect them to be. Mm-hmm. I, I watched somebody streaming it who I think <clears throat> was very much in your mindset, Adam, mm-hmm. of how to handle the puzzles and like could not figure it out. Whereas my brain has done weird off the wall sort of rules mm-hmm. to puzzles for years. So it was much easier for me. So I ended up typing so many solutions into the chat for him because he started asking for it. Yeah. And I was sure. like, I feel bad. I feel like I'm like reducing your experience of the game, but otherwise you also are just streaming sitting here not solving a puzzle. Right? <laughs> I, I think a lot about the Ego Raptor sequelitis video that he put out in like, God, I don't know, 2011, when did the dinosaurs rock the earth? Um, <laughs> that was about Mega Man X and how that game uh, does a great job of not handholding one bit at all and letting the mm-hmm. player figure out its mechanics uh, through trial and error and not even trial and error like it's very easy to just figure out what to do along the way mm. um and i and i look for that in games a lot now i remember dicey dungeons last year like i don't think there was a single do this to make this happen i just looked at the dice clicked on a dice put the dice in the thing that says sword and swung my sword mm. uh and i i look for that a lot in games uh, to see how they handle teaching players mechanics, mm. um, especially like games that have a huge amount. I, I realize now that I have a hard time um, playing games that have a huge bevy of techniques and moves. Um, I replayed the Batman Arkham games mm. and I love those games. Those games are incredible. But once I got to Arkham City, uh, partially like they changed a lot of the controls from City to uh, Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. Um and your 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 brain is like, okay, I press this button to bring up this menu, and then I press this button to fire my hook shot, and said that summons the Batmobile now. So this is down here now, and I uh, uh, I I am at the age now where I am having trouble keeping track of the the eleven d seven buttons. I try. I'm now that I'm a PC gamer, I'm trying to learn how to play games on the PC, and oopsie doopsie, now I've gone from uh, nine buttons to twelve million billion buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta remember e key is so i can throw my grenades um what i'm trying to say is i'm a stupid stupid man uh and baby baby brain can't handle big buttons um so 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 i look for that i look for how a game teaches you how to play and i think mm. that's that's such a fundamental core tenant of game design now and i'm i i love looking at that mm-hmm. uh, especially for like people that so my my partner is a huge disney fanatic so i was like okay let me show you a little thing called Kingdom Hearts. Oh, and watching okay. somebody who has probably never played a 3D game in her life uh, go for the opening moments of Kingdom Hearts, it does a great job of of giving players low stress, uh, fun playgrounds to jump around and find things and accomplish tasks. In mm-hmm. uh, Kingdom Hearts is great at teaching you how to play it. Uh, now that I have a computer, like I really want to know how to play a CRPG, so I think I'm going to jump into something like Pillars of Eternity or Divinity Original Sin soon, and we will see how that goes. Uh, because I'm sure the onboarding for that is going to be rather difficult. It is a see. little bit. It's it's a little bit jarring when you first get into it, but after, I would say, five hours, then you're just like, okay, I'm completely in the zone. It's, it's definitely worth your time. Um but yeah, kind of uh, closing out our conversation, we're getting uh, near the end because uh, your boy. Oh, no. oh, oh, uh, camera one went out. But uh, yeah, your boy yeah. has a 12 hour shift tomorrow. Oh, boy. That's going to be. Ah, yeah. I mean, Sorry you know, to hear it. 
you know, we're we're low staffed and I understand, but it's still just like yikers. But uh, so we're going to you know, uh, start to close out the conversation with the uh, last comment. Um, Does gaming ever bring you joy with our boys over at um, Phoenix Edge? Uh, Phoenix Edge RPG is another uh, RPG podcast. And they say, um, as I get older, the number of games that impact me to the point of which I'm thinking about them positively while at work um, has grown, uh, has absolutely grown smaller. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it's starting, uh, that it is a starting point for me for true joy when it is engaging enough that I can disconnect for a time. Mm-hmm. And so I, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that, where, um, where he's saying that there is a smaller batch of games where when we were kids, there are so many games I'm just like, I'm thinking about. But the mm-hmm. older we get, the more games are coming out, the more I'm just like, think of them less. But the when there is a game that does come at me and I can disconnect, like he said, mm-hmm. it, it, it hits me, you know, yeah. just like that. Yeah. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? There is, to me... Uh, I understand where he's coming from in that because he's like becoming a PC gamer is realizing that you already had a huge steam backlog of games. You were just like, well, maybe I'll play this someday and just I'll stick this right here on the shelf and we'll see what happens. Um, When we're young, we don't have access to that because we don't have money. We don't have uh, uh, buying power. Like whatever we have is what we get. If it's hand-me-downs, if it's our first games in our collection that our parents bequeath onto us. Um, So I think it's hard to, uh, separate being inundated with games to play because uh, I have a backlog that's about uh, a billion million lo- miles long and the games that truly do connect with us uh, whether that's just a pleasant game you have in the background while you're playing a podcast or a game that makes you that like they said sit down and think about it constantly for hours on end when I first played Slay the Spire mm-hmm. uh, I literally went to work after like my first couple of runs in that and sat throughout my entire shift like serving tables hi hello how are you doing how Mm -hmm. do i beat the gosh dang time eater i just don't know and formulating (laughs) ideas in my head so there is i i completely agree with them that that dopamine hit of finding that game that's your shit is so much harder when there's so much more choice available to you um but i also think that like Gaming's very different now in that mm-hmm. we are being presented with choices and there are genres that we might have loved as kids that have fallen out of favor, franchises that we love that have fallen out of favor. Please let those F-Zero rumors be true. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot more choice and when we, we might find more misses than hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that we are older than we were before. We have responsibilities. We have things that we need to do. I'm just brandishing this chapstick as if it's like my 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 pointer marker on the thing. Um, it's it's we want to make sure that the time we're spending playing games is valued, mm-hmm. uh, which means that if we are not instantly into that work, then. I think it's easier to feel like my time is being wasted, that I can't afford to put mm-hmm. two hours into this game that I am just being mech about uh, rather than overjoyed in, mm-hmm. in every single aspect of. That's my thought. I agree. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Um, some of the... Uh, I think, like, I think a, a part of it, too, is modern times have changed the discourse on gaming 
Um, mm. So we're we talk and think about it differently because like you can participate in the discourse more. Like when I was a kid, I maybe would talk to a friend about a game every once in a while, but like the internet is a whole breeding ground of people talking about things and you can find Mm -hmm. a subreddit that is literally just dedicated to your favorite game. Most likely. And you can find the Twitter hashtag for the game you want to talk about. And you can like, you can just literally narrow down to okay let me show me everyone on this site that's Mm -hmm. talking about this game yeah um and you get a whole lot of voices in the mix and (laughs) quite a few it's a it's a weird thing where when there's like such a big um variety of people talking about stuff where then we it also changes for me the the anticipation of new games has gotten to a point where it is so far heightened that I almost think that that building gets so high that no, with certain games, that no game can ever live up to it. Mm-hmm. And if I let myself get wrapped up in the anticipation for a game too much, then I'm disappointed by it. But I don't mm-hmm. actually like, then I sit down and think about the game and I'm like, I don't know if the game disappointed me. I think it's just because like I imagined these things happening and they didn't happen, but that was just my imagination because the internet yeah. sparked so many things. Yeah. There's a problem with modern uh, uh, internet culture where hype is a part of the machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of an inescapable part of gaming culture because hype drives word of mouth, which drives sales, which drives mm-hmm. pre-orders. I mean, there's a reason why the pre-order came to prominence in a digital age where the only reason we are pre-ordering games now is because, well, I'm going to buy this because it looks amazing in all mm-hmm. of these trailers and hype videos that we've seen. Um when we're and that gets exhausting i think the 24-hour discourse around some games becomes really old really fast especially when it's people that have made their decisions on what a game is going to be before uh it's even out before it's in their hands Mm -hmm. when people get mad that the game that they have sunk They've already like they are already attached to the sunk cost fallacy. I paid sixty dollars to get into this experience. So when a reviewer says this game is not the best thing in the world, but it's definitely worth checking out, that's a insult on you and your ability as a consumer to consume product. Mm. Uh, which is why I think the vitriol over a game that I don't want to talk about anymore that I would love to never talk about again, Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's where a lot of that that hate them of any negative critique about that game came from even if it was universe like even though it had huge review scores if you look at a lot of reviews there there's things to talk about in that game and i think it's a game worth discussing but the 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 level of toxicity and and minds unwilling to change uh, mm-hmm. really dampen enthusiasm for 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 games for stuff that's coming up for for games in the market space to not even to mention games that feel like they are that entire ubisoft conference the second they started talking about watchdogs and Mm -hmm. they were quoting that holocaust poem and 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 woof that that's a big wolf for me boss yeah that whole conference Um, was way out of touch definitely it's Mm -hmm. also but like i mean especially like like you guys were talking a lot about last of us part two on your critiquing games episode last week and Mm. like very much the thing you were saying is like you get it. The discourse somehow bleeds into a rabid fan base that hasn't even played the game that hasn't mm-hmm. even touched the game. Exactly. And also critiques are then being levied based on a leak that we got before, or based on an article that said, this is a system we're implementing, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but 
something, a concept that's being implemented into a game is different on paper than it is in immersion. Yeah. Mm. And I have not had the, because even I read some of the things that on paper, a few concepts about Last of Us Part Two alarmed me a little bit about how, whether it was going to be a game for me, but I kind of removed myself from mm. the discourse very early because I saw the level of anger mm-hmm. at that was kind of matching the Pokemon Sword and Shield level of anger that also happened last yes. year. And I had a great time with that game. So I was like, great, I'm going to step out of this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the game because I was already planning on getting the game. And I will make my personal judgment as to whether this game is for me. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had the experiences that those concepts on paper see. Like the experiences are not as extreme as those made them sound. So it's very, you know, it's weird when half of the critiquing of a game is happening months before it's released <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. no that, i i completely agree and in fact um i believe metacritic just uh released uh, i think it was either today or yesterday that originally it was a day but now like to put on a review but now you had to play for 36 hours mm-hmm. so it's not just 24 now they extended it to 36 hours before you even put a review up mm-hmm. and uh when quoted for i believe they said to the verge uh, Verge uh, wanted to get a statement and they're like, is this because of Last of Us 2? And they're like, oh, well, it's it's actually not in light of any because game. Of video games, yeah. you know. It's you like, know video games. Exactly. They're they're trying to deny it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know what it's a response yeah. to. Don't mince words, Metacritic. <laughs> exactly. It's hard to, gaming has become so much more than playing a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, and, and, and there's still like, you know, the people that talk about games 24 seven are in the minority. If mm-hmm. most people who played games, you look at the numbers of games that sell every single year and you see call of duty and you see 2k and you mm-hmm. see Madden. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these aren't the games people are talking about. Exactly. Um, and it's not to say that gaming is niche. I'm sure that last of us sold a million billion copies that will show up on uh, uh gear and sales lists and it mm-hmm. will move so much product, but it's also hard not to get exhausted, not just by, you know, what you might feel about the game itself, but what you feel about the culture around the game itself, yeah. what you feel about the culture of the studio producing the games, of the actions of its director and voice actors. Um, there, there's so much more. And I think that's a problem. I think uh, uh, Jim Sterling did a Jimquisition episode about people that are just like, can we just shut up and enjoy games? Because yeah, nothing did, yeah. exists in a vacuum. And I think when we were young, things existed in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very easy to just simply sit down and enjoy a game of Mario Golf when you don't understand the pressures of capitalism. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fair well, point. Yeah, I think I think to like circle it kind of, you know, back around into that, it's it's if you and this is this is the way I've handled the like modern version of the gaming world where like oh i was in a vacuum back then and now there's constant discussion and the world is hard all the time um it's like i continue to go back to like that seeking joy idea like for me what is my joy in gaming how am i finding it Mm -hmm. if there's a spot if there's a point in my life where i can't find it anymore then that's probably when i step away from gaming i'm not at that point because i still find joy from games Mm -hmm. but like that's the thing it's like any game that gives you joy. It can be the game that the whole internet has agreed is the worst game in the world. If it gives you joy, play it. I think Just I think Zach wants Zach's to... showing off his shirt. Snowboard Kids gives me joy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's one of those things where it's just gaming when it comes down to it, 
while there are many social aspects to it and the community of gaming is wonderful in many ways and connects you in ways that you can't connect with other people. That's literally why Zach and I are friends is the community of gaming. Mm. But it's, it's when it comes down to it, it is an individual experience and it needs to be joyful for each person. So like back to our talk of gatekeeping and gaming, don't tell other mm-hmm. people what games they should like. Mm-hmm. Don't tell other people what should make them happy. Just let the, like do your mm-hmm. thing, just do your thing and have fun. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yo, but like, if Halo Infinite kills off Master Chief, I'm done. I'm out of games. (laughs) There's no way. If he's like, Cortana, I tried my best, but now I must go. And he ascends to heaven, I ascend to heaven as well. I'm done. I'm out. My goodness. I will die with Master Chief. So I think that's a good way to close out our conversation. (laughs) Uh, Master Chief just ascending into heaven. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so a uh, really good conversation about uh, bringing joy into games. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, definitely uh, write your comments down in the thoughts. Uh, write your thoughts down in the comments below. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> the good old YouTube thoughts section. <laughs> thoughts section. I love the comments section on YouTube.com. <laughs> Put your um, thoughts and whatever you're feeling about joy uh, down in the comments down below. And definitely uh, subscribe and uh, definitely hit that notification bell. But uh, closing out... Um, uh, you Give know, me a yeehaw in the comments if you like Andrew's beard. Do we like Andrew's beard? Is it right there? Yeah, there it is. Give <laughs> me hey. a yeehaw or a gnaw partner. And why don't we give uh, Adam and Liz a happy anniversary in the comments? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's we're... pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. Wait, you two it's think? nice. What's that? You two, uh, you two ignite yeah, them? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you're just roomies. I thought, I thought so too, but then this <laughs> ring binds us all together. You know, it just, um, it, it traps me. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, oh, wrong choice of words. Whoa, <laughs> maybe, maybe backpedal on that, Adam. <laughs> so, Zach, where can we find you on social media? <laughs> uh, I am at Papa Bear Zach. At Papa Bear Zach on Twitter, uh, and Andrew, where can we find you? Uh, I'm at Andrew Orsi on Twitter. It's also technically that on Instagram, but I don't use my Instagram. Mm. Um, if you're interested in the possible return of Good Game, Great Game, it's yeah. at Good Great Game on uh, Twitter. That's where you will find what's happening there. Yeah, stay tuned. And we're, it's not possible we're doing yeah, it. I mean, we're just still <laughs> figuring it out. But Good Game, Great Game version 2.0 coming soon. And to then a, to a to a to right. a to a headpiece near you. So that exists. Um, so it will exists. exist very soon. It and, will exist. Um, yeah. If I can plug one other thing because I love it, uh, Go for my it. acapella group, my pro acapella group, Black to Gold, is has started to put out quarantine content, and we are working in earnest on some more. And I think we're quite good. Um, <laughs> I agree little, with this statement. They're quite good. It's a little biased, but you know. Um, so that you can find us at Black to Gold Music on Instagram. That's all words. It's not like Black Two. It's Black. To gold the words yeah um that's black to gold music on instagram black to gold on youtube um we're gonna be putting out lots of fun pop bops with just our voices and i'll cool. definitely you be putting that me, you can find me next month oh, oh soaring the gone. skies in microsoft simulator on my 10 dvds uh as soon as they're installed it's gonna be a, a gale time can't wait to put in my 10 uh, uh digital video discs my into goodness. my personal computer and I'll put uh, all the links in that, including the uh, 10 discs to Flight Simulator, down in the <laughs> description down below. Uh, again, good game, great game. Uh, Andrew and Zach, uh, not Kevin. Uh, we, we thank you for coming on the show. I know. it's. it's... <laughs> 
Uh, we thank you for coming on the show and talking about uh, joy and gaming. Uh, definitely, you know, like I said, it's it's up for everybody's debate, but I think, you know, differentiating between happiness and joy and understanding that, you know, video games are there for you mm-hmm. to bring you joy. And I think well, we shouldn't discredit them for that. So, um, But from all of us at uh, Games and Groceries and Good Game, Great Game, we wish you a good, great grocery run. <laughs> uh, Thanks for having us, fellas. With a mask on. Yeah, get a mask on. <laughs> Put yeah. your mask on. I yeah. can't believe I had to tell that to adults every day at my job. All day. Uh, all day. Uh, well, shocking. Yeah, welcome to Pennsylvania, everybody. Uh <laughs> Uh, Thanks again for uh, watching this week's episode. We hope to catch you on the next one and have a good week. Bye.